This is Camp Life, the program side. A weekly podcast for summer camp professionals. Hosted by Kurt Jackson and Chris Callow. Now it's time for another entertaining episode. Exploring the fantastical world of summer camp programming. Hey, this is Kurt. Chris is wrapping up summer camp. So this week we decided that I was going to replay an episode from my first podcast that I did with Patty McDonald. And in this episode, we interviewed Jeff Bradshaw on running an alumni program. It's a great interview and I hope you enjoy it. Hey, this is Kurt. And this is Patty. And today we are chatting with Jeff Bradshaw. I am very happy to introduce him. I met him last November. And Jeff is a veteran camping professional. He has over 30 years experience as a camp director. He's the past president of the Canadian Camping Association and currently serves the global camping movement as ambassador chair on the steering committee of the International Camping Fellowship. Oh, that's a mouthful. Welcome, Jeff. We're so happy to have you. Happy, happy to be here. <laughs> All right, Jeff. So um, a number of months ago, I was chatting with some other camp professionals and just kind of picking their brains and asking um, about alumni programs. And they said, oh, my goodness, if you want to know anything about alumni programs, you absolutely have to talk to Jeff Bradshaw. <laughs> so um, you've obviously so done an are. excellent. <laughs> yeah. So here we are. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, you've done a, a really excellent job of cultivating a robust alumni association. So why do you think it should be a priority for camp directors to build their alumni community? Um, well, I'm going to take a, a step back um, and and look at um, sort of my journey through different years and different camps and, and different alumni associations. Um, I have been in camp environments where everybody who stepped foot on the camp property was deemed an alumni and you're dealing with thousands and sometimes tens of thousands of people. So that, that's certainly one approach. Um, others have uh, just not bothered. And so alumni tend to be, uh, something that is not, uh, recognized in, in certain camp settings. Uh, and others have sort of picked and chose their battles. There's been eras where there's an active alumni group and then it kind of falls apart. Uh, camp Winona, um, was a camp program that we started from scratch beginning in 1995. And so we had that luxury of having a blank slate. And so the, one of the first things I did was thought about my own background, but talked to a lot of colleagues um, in camping in Canada and also internationally and said, you know, what do you do? And there was no consensus. Um, it was all over the board. And so uh, what I want to do was to try and do a good job with this from the start. Um, I think it's a priority for, for camp directors on a bunch of different levels. I think it is a real celebration of the history of the camp. I think it creates uh, a common thread, a continuity. Um, in, in private camping, which I'm in right now, private independent camping, you typically have a family that may be um, the ownership group over numerous generations of, of campers' lives. And so those, those camps tend to have a connection by the simple nature that the people have remained the same. But in lots of agency-based camping, um, folks change over. And maybe two or three or five or ten years, but there could be Gosh, you know, in some camps, you have a different director. It seems like every two or three years. 
So I think for all sorts of different camp settings, I think it's so important to just maintain a, a real connection to the history of the camp. Um, it allows for, you know, that sense of continuity as campers kind of move through camp. Um, I know for us having a strong alumni association and those alumni um, being active parts of our, our camp community, um, there are campers who've grown up through camp who see, um, you know, their section heads become alumni. And then when they themselves become section heads and they become alumni, there's just this sort of constant connection. And for us, it's been well, now 23 years of really an unbroken chain. So I think it's you know the tie into the history for sure. I think it's also the many ways that alumni can support the current operation. And um, we have you know so many different ways that our alumni are involved with us um, at Winona. Um, they are involved. Um, First of all, just on the ground, um, they're involved in the day-to-day -day life of camp. Some may be involved um, simply for sort of one-off projects in a given calendar year. Um, others may be regular contributors. We set up our staffing in such a way that we have a space for alumni to be involved um, in all sorts of different programs. Um, we're a six-month operation. We run open up in a few weeks time in early April, run through until October. And within that, essentially six, seven month season, we've got, uh, I've got summer camp programs where there are leadership canoe trips every summer. Um, one that happens each month um, for a week. And there's often six or seven different trips happening at one time. We rely heavily on alumni to help us co-lead some of those trips with current staff. Um, we do opening weekends, sometimes closing weekends. We call them Winona Builds. And so alumni come up, um, on mass, large numbers um, in droves really to come and sort of support the opening and sometimes closing of camp. We host popular women's weekend programs in the fall and again, rely heavily on our alumni to come up and support the program and sort of the operational behind the scenes side of things. Others come up um, and will support sometimes really short term projects. Um, with our outdoor center, like lots of camps, we'll have you know school groups that come for two or three days. And oftentimes we find ourselves in a bind where, you know, there's just a time there where we don't have as many outdoor center staff available. So it's a call out to the alumni who can come up and support uh, the camp program. We also are a camp that has introductory programs for first time campers. And we've relied heavily on alumni to be directors for those one week or three day programs. And it's pretty powerful and pretty magical to have an alumni come in just for three days or just for a week and you know lead our current staff um, it's a different energy for sure it's often someone who they may recognize from their own younger younger camper days they're now you know cabin leaders they're now in senior roles and all of a sudden someone comes back into camp they remember fondly from five or ten years before so there's some really cool connections that way as well um, and that just kind of scratches the surface um, we host a number of um, really cool programs at Winona one is called Camp Aaron which is a national bereavement camp for children that have, have lost um, often a family member. And so it's one of about 40, 45 camps that run in North America for a weekend. And we have a lot of our alumni come up to support that um, uh, in, in, in those two or three days of the camp program. We also run the national um, transplant camp for children called Camp Kavita. Same thing. We rely on alumni to come up and support that experience in different ways. So uh, I don't know where we'd be without those alumni. Um, they are cornerstones of a bunch of our, our programs, a bunch of just different aspects of our camp experience. Um, on a real practical note, those alumni remain tied and connected to camp 
And as a result, um, they in turn may be more likely to have, you know, their own children be involved in the camp experience themselves. So we're seeing it certainly in, in second generation um, campers in our own camp setting where so many now are alumni children. And I think a large part of their involvement has been the fact they stayed connected through our alumni association. Wow, that is incredible. The the whole alumni thing is is foreign to me. Um, worked at multiple camps and none of them had anything like this. Though I I hear about it all the time um, with other camps, especially on the East Coast. How how do you create a culture around it? How do you how do you make all that happen? Well, what we did was in talking to other camps, um, I realized pretty quickly that no one had. Um, I shouldn't say no one. Lots of people had alumni associations. Everybody really seemed to struggle with what to do. So we kind of sort of stumbled across the way to do it. And what we do right now is we have a group, our alumni group is called FAO, Friends of Winona. So you are invited to be a member of the FAO community. Um, After 23 years, we number just over 300 FAO members. That's our alumni group. And the deal is they are all former staff. Uh, To be asked to be a FAO member, you need to be at least 21 years of age. You need to have at least been a minimum of three years on our staff team. And you've indicated in some way, shape, or form a desire to be involved and continue to be involved in camp life. And so every fall, typically, I'll extend an invitation um, through an email uh, to those dozen, 15, sometimes as many as 20 potential uh, FAO members. And it's a long email that basically says, here's the history of the FAO group. You already know that by being a staff member. We'd love you to join. Um, and folks are then um, invited to think about that and to get back in touch. So this past year, we had, I think, 14 new FAO members. Um, we welcomed them uh, in January. Uh, I emailed small bios with pictures of all of them to the existing FAO member group and really kind of welcomed them into that FAO community. And once they're a FAO member, uh, there's absolutely no financial obligation. Um, we, we simply say, we want you to be a part, you're a part of our past, we want you to be a part of our present and our future. And so um, we do a couple of things during the year. Um, I become, as now the executive director, sort of the coordinator of this FAO alumni group. I'll typically send out, I would say in an average month, yeah, three or four different pieces of correspondence um, to the FAO group, keeping them aware of things happening, ways to stay involved. Um, for example, coming up in a few weeks' time is the Kids in Camp um, Camping Charity. They have a, uh, a fundraising dinner in Toronto. And I've just sent out an invitation to our FAO team to be, um, you know, come and be a part of that, that fundraising evening. Um, each year on the May long weekend in Ontario, the Victoria Day weekend, we set the camp aside exclusively for our FAO members. It's like sort of a cottage weekend. Come on up and just enjoy camp. Um, go for a sale, go for a paddle, do sort of a pub night on the Saturday night. It's just a way to sort of keep people connected to the camp. We've also started doing alumni um, family camp weekends. So a year ago, we invited our original staff from our first full season in 1997 uh, to come back with their families and at no cost and to come and enjoy um, the camp experience. And so they've done that. A number of those children are already current campers. Others are sort of joining in um, over the next couple of years. So it works really well for us. We have yet, I think we've had one or two people sort of drop off that list who simply aren't involved anymore, but it's a great way to keep people connected. Um, that FAO group, I think right now are living in 14 different countries uh, around the world. 
Um, it remains away with these emails to keep them constant with you know the life of camp. Um, one stopped by last summer with his partner. Um, he's an actor in California now. And he brought his partner who he's just talked about camp like crazy with. And she really wanted to see camp. And they stopped in for a couple of days. And once again, here's folks going, gosh, you know, I remember you from 10 years ago. You taught me this, sir. We're my cabin counselor. So there's ways we do that. Um, we also involve our alumni group in sort of, again, the life of camp and how camp evolves. A few years ago, we were fortunate enough to be able to purchase the property beside us. And that began a process of some long range planning for the camp. And we struck five different task forces made up almost exclusively of these FAO members. And so there are folks in Singapore, um, in Taiwan, in Europe that are contributing to the future of camp by being part of these task forces. So that's been pretty terrific. Um, each year we rely on our FAO members to also be our, our interview team for, um, for our new staff. So we typically do interviews in early December for the next season. And so we invite a lot of our FAO members to be part of that interview day and be one of the, uh, one of the members of an interview team. So yeah, that, that's the short list. Lots of other ways people stay involved. That is great. I um, love that. That is incredible. <laughs> yeah, you don't often hear about that much engagement from alumni, right? Or at well, least I don't. They, well, they, they're the ones that have lived it. Um, they understand it. So even from a marketing and promotion standpoint, uh, any number of times we've asked our FAO members to be part of our, our marketing teams, to be ambassadors for the camp. Um, they have many times um, been at camp fairs, at camp shows. They've gone into people's homes, um, you know, armed with one of our camp PowerPoints and kind of shared the story of, of Camp Winona. Um, so they are our best storytellers. They've all grown up in camp. They've worked at camp and now they're part of our camp alumni group. Um, and it's amazing, you know, how many um, are it's not just a handful that are good friends. There's massive communities of people that have remained close. Um, last year's FAO weekend, for example, a uh, number just over 100 um, FAO members came to camp and were a part of the experience of just being at camp for a few days together. So uh, it becomes adult camp in some ways. It becomes that way we sort of connect. Sometimes it's in big sort of organized means. Other ways it just sort of happens somewhat organically when folks are in the same city or are, you know, gathered around the same area of interest. Nice. Wow. So, okay, what would you say to um... – or I guess, what would your advice be uh, for some of the obstacles that camp directors might encounter when they're trying to build a community, not even like yours, but just <laughs> because yours is so sure. impressive, but just just starting well, that well, alumni community? I think there's probably a few that, that come to mind. Um, one is to be really conscious of the sort of idea of eras um, in your camp life, uh, changes in directors, changes in management, changes in boards of directors. Um, so how do you link those together? Um, I was fortunate to be director of a camp for six years in the early 90s, a uh, not-for-profit camp and uh, terrific camp experience. Uh, I was really blown away by the energy around uh, when folks were uh, active in the life of the camp. We were coming up to, in that point, a 50th anniversary year, um, and there was not much overlap between the different generations, though. So I think that's one of the things to really think about. How do you kind of connect people that are involved in different generations with different leadership? Um, I think how to select alumni is a big one. Again, I think there's loads of camps that really endeavor to identify anybody that has come to camp, either part of their, you know, has been a summer camper, maybe just for one year and for one week, they're automatically alumni. That can work, but then what do you do for those folks? Is it sending the annual newsletter? Um, mm -hmm. Some people send birthday cards or they send holiday greeting cards. 
And it's just really hard to know um, if that works or not and how much energy goes into that. Um, you know, what's the communication strategy of alumni? Uh, I love the fact that I've got 300 plus now alumni members. Um, we vet emails every year, for example. Um, we check um, mailing addresses every year. Um, with few exceptions, we feel we're pretty current with our alumni group constantly. So I think communication becomes a really important um, part to that. How many times do, do you really get a follow-up from that one camper or camper family that came for one year? They may have moved three or four times the last 10 years, and right. how do you know? Um, and really, are they interested in keeping involved with you? Um, and then I think there's the financial allocation aspect to it. Um, when we do our alumni weekend, there's, there's no cost to come to camp. Um, we'll look after putting on all of, you know, the food for the weekend. Accommodations are free. Bring your husband, wife, partners, you know, whatever it happens to be with you. Um, and then all we say is if you'd like to make a donation towards the cost of the weekend, you don't have to. But if you'd like to, we in turn will take that full amount and put it towards our, our campership fund. Um, and this particular year, we've been dealing with the last three years, um, we've been supporting um, new Canadians, primarily Syrians, um, families that are new to Canada for their children to take part in the camp experience. So we now have um, a separate new Canadian campership fund. So any proceeds from this year's alumni weekend in May will go specifically 100% towards um, that particular um, initiative we have at Winona. So what, are, what else are we doing for it? I know camps that have looked at alumni being a revenue stream. Maybe they'll do an alumni canoe trip. Maybe they will be contributors to a fundraising campaign. Um, I guess we do that to a degree as well. We, we just recently um, purchased this property and done some really big projects, capital projects. Um, we don't do a hard sell to our alumni, but we make them aware of a chance to contribute um, towards certainly capital projects. So I think those are the three. I mean, how do you deal with the aspect of different generational leadership at camp? Um, how do you select alumni? The communication, I guess the fourth is the financial aspect of it. Is there a budget line item for your camp alumni? Um, I, I feel honestly, personally, that um, what we spend on alumni, we get back, you know, dozens, if not hundreds of times over in terms of contributions to the to the life of camp. Ah, that's amazing. Mm. I feel like we're both just in awe. I know. <laughs> I, I want to be part of the alumni. Um, <laughs> you got to work for three years. Three years, I know. I gotta get, I'm over 21. I get that part. Okay. <laughs> So, so for the listeners who've like, let's say they've done the groundwork, build the database and everything else, what, what's kind of the key to getting these alumni involved? Yeah, I think it comes back again, circles back to um, who are your alumni? You know, who do you want to be involved? And really thinking about what is that group? And if it is the complete complement of all of your summer campers, then then that's a different way, I guess, of involving people. Uh, it's pretty tricky to involve massive numbers. Maybe they are invited um, to be physically on site, whether you have open houses, whether you do um, you know, alumni-specific weekends, programs. Some do family camps. Others do um, uh, you know, different ways to sort of come back to camp and be involved in camp life. I guess that's one way to do it. Um, we haven't done that. We've, again, focused heavily on this invitation-only alumni group. Um, so I think you've got to figure out what can you do, how much time does it take, how much time are you willing to put towards it. Um, I would say that for me, if I had to look at sort of a given year of how much time I spend on alumni, communication, actual engagement, probably I would say 15 to 20% of my time is focused on our alumni. Um, it's a lot of um, 
not just community building, but maintaining the community. So it's a lot of individual, you know, emails back and forth, conversations, phone calls. I try really hard to reach out to alumni if I'm traveling and if there's, I know our alumni, for example, are on the West Coast of Canada. Um, I'll make a point when I'm in BC of trying to make sure I, I spend time with, with them as best I can. So cool. I think it's just how much um, effort you want to make how much time you have, and really think about it before you commit to a really ambitious alumni program. Um, it's worked for us, but we've been really, really particular in building our alumni group. Um, you know, in it, uh, one way I was going to mention too, we, we had, uh, we're a young camp, you know, we, we had a, an existing camp property from the early 60s that we bought into in the mid-90s and then started a program really from scratch. Um, so we just had our 20th anniversary a few years ago, which is really young by most camp standards um, in Canada. But again, um, that particular program worked and what we did with it worked because we had, I think, a very clear uh, alumni base, um, expectations of what they wanted to do, how willing they were to commit to alumni life and, and the life of the camp. So on our 20th anniversary year, we had the brainwave, which <laughs> was a good idea a few years before the 20th anniversary season. Uh, leading up to it, I was scratching my head a lot, and then afterwards it was brilliant. But we ended up doing 20 events for our 20th season, all through oh, our wow. 20th anniversary <laughs> year. Everything from you know a charity <laughs> golf tournament to we wrote a book. Um, huh. We um, we had a big gala um, anniversary sort of banquet style dinner evening. Um, we did fundraising. You know, we just did a ton of different things over our 20th anniversary season. Um, and again, it worked because. Those folks stepped forward. Um, we had volunteer chairs for all 20 events. They, in turn, put together, you know, volunteer committees. Um, my brother, for example, um, led something called Winona Moves, and it was a charity um, five-kilometer race uh, in July for uh, a day, in August for a day, and we invited our current campers to be involved in our current staff, and he had a team of six or seven folks that all volunteered to sort of run that those two events for us. So, um, again, back to... Um, what are your expectations? How, how eager are people to be involved in the life of camp? We kind of knew, and I really knew in my heart of hearts, that we'd have no problem pulling off those 20 events because so many of our alumni were still so active in camp life. It wasn't sort of an ask back over 20 years of you know emailing or calling and saying, we haven't right. talked to you in 10 years, but hey, how do you feel about heading something up for us? Um, everybody was really active and involved with those 300. There was always, you know, ongoing communication. And even the ones I didn't feel like I was connected to, it's amazing how many, you know, will say every couple of years, oh, by the way, I still love getting those FAO emails. I love hearing about camp, and I, I think about it all the time. I just had an email last week, one of our alumni who was a nurse um, for 20-odd years now, and she works with Nurses Without Borders in South Sudan. And she's been there for years. And so she said to me, you know, she's still so connected to camp and thinks about it constantly and uses some of the lessons from camp in her current work. Mm -hmm. So even people you feel disconnected with um, often, you know, if you make the effort, feel connected back to camp. Right. So you, you talk about how, like, you don't, uh, you know, require any kind of financial uh, help or anything like that. And you have all these events for them and everything. But is there anything that the alumni have to do to stay in the group? They, they really don't, because I also sort of feel that over time, um, people have different, you know, different timelines where they're, they're more available, for example, to be involved in camp. 
you know, so I can think of some that have had young families, not a good time, but now their children are older. Now they're more in, willing to be engaged and have become more engaged. So we don't ask anything. Um, we didn't want people to have to sign up every year. Once you're in, you're in. And if you need to bow out, and I think in the 20 odd years now of our alumni group, I think I can think of only one person that actively sort of removed themselves from the group. They just weren't connected anymore, which made perfect sense. But really, everybody else has stayed involved. And I often ask people, if you need to remove yourself, let me know. But, you know, so far, so good. People have appreciated the connection to it. Um, so there really isn't much of an ask. Uh, we're, we're, not, um, we're not looking for ways to disassociate. We're looking for ways to not simply build community, but to sort of build on the community that has already existed. Right. And, uh, and to that end, it's worked well. And, you know, we're, we're willing to do lots of stuff. Um, we just had last year, uh, I think it was our 11th alumni wedding um, at camp. Aww. So uh, we only do weddings for our alumni. Um, but it's telling to me how many people want to get married at camp. Uh, so that's, that's kind of a cool thing. Um, one of our alumni that uh, got married in the East Coast last year in, in Nova Scotia, she asked she could have her bridal party at camp. And so it was the day <laughs> after our alumni weekend, a bunch of her friends who are amazingly, most of her, her close group of girlfriends were all from camp. Um, so we, we do that. We do that for sure. Nice. Um, and we look for, you know, we keep looking for ways to reach out too. you know, I, um, I often think about, um, are there people over the years that somehow maybe have had bad, um, I don't want to say bad departures from camp, but, you know, left on maybe sometimes not ideal terms. Um, that happens in every, every camp. So I've, I've tried the last number of years to reach out um, to people that maybe we've lost touch a little bit with. And every year there's a few sort of veteran um, new FAO members that maybe have been involved in a number of years um, for lots of different reasons. So we're constantly looking at um, cultivating, you know, the relationships we have, some of the ones we may have missed over the years. Um, and it's, it's been great. It's one of the things I love most about my job. It's just having that sort of connection, reconnection, hearing about how important, um, the, you know, camp has been in their lives and in many cases continues to be. Well, it sounds like an alumni coordinator could be a job in itself. You know, it really could be. And, and we've, we've talked a few times about, are there, are there ways, um, to do that? We, we had talked about an alumni board at one point. Um, and we didn't go that direction because we felt it needed um, essentially staff management. Um, so every now and then we sort of look to our alumni to, you know, to get involved with big projects like an anniversary year. Um, so we do turn to them in that regard. But for the most part, you know, we've, um, we've just engaged them when it made the most sense. Sure. A few other things that we've done, too, I made some quick notes on. You know, one is we also make sure we tell our alumni about professional development opportunities. Um, we, I get a lot of things across my desk um, that are sometimes camp-specific or more generic in nature. And so one of the things I do with our alumni is I'm forever forwarding information. Um, we're part of the International Camping Fellowship and have been for a long time. I'm, I'm on their board. Uh, it's been 21 years now. And we have International Camping Congresses every three years. I make a point of making sure our alumni group know about those. And it's interesting how many will travel to be a part of those um, camping congresses because they have an interest in um, the camp experience, the camp movement, want to stay current with that, and off, you know, will fund their own way. Um, last year, um, 
another sort of cool way we used our alumni or asked for their support. Um, we had a really difficult dynamic with a group of students that came from a school to Winona. Um, it didn't work on a bunch of different levels. And um, rather than trying to sort of negotiate and navigate through that, um, the group decided that we were going to become a social media target. And so there's oh. some pretty scathing things. Um, if I take a few steps back and to try to be objective as I can, they were still pretty scathing things that were said. Um, it was a personal vendetta one person had and kind of got people riled up about it. And so all of a sudden, you know, our Google reviews, the numbers were dropping and not many people tend to use those Google reviews for camps, but we had a pretty ugly dynamic. And so I said to our, our found members, if you can, can you say something nice on our, you know, our Google reviews? So they came out in droves and said some really lovely things with their own experiences about their children's experiences now. So I really, really appreciated that. Nice. Um, We've also looked for ways to really recognize our alumni. Um, like a lot of camps, we have a staff recognition program in place. We do it in five-year intervals. So if you're a five-year staff or a 10-year staff, et cetera, we recognize your accomplishments. Our five-year staff um, get a really neat piece of stained glass. Our 10-year staff do a similar piece that's engraved for them. So what we've always said is, um, if you are an alumni and if you could contribute to the life of camp, for a week each year, or maybe it's just two weekends, uh, it approximates a week, we're going to count that as a year on staff. Oh, cool. So we have a lot of people that we recognize as being staff members who may be in their 30s and 40s and now 50s um, that make a point of every couple of years, you know, leading a canoe trip or helping with a few weekends. And we count that as a year on staff. So our alumni get those staff awards as well. Oh, um, we look for ways in camp to do things too. Um, we built a couple of years ago, Sounds kind of crazy, but we built a professionally designed um, mini golf course. And um, we decided one cool thing we could do to, again, recognize our alumni was we named each of the 18 holes after some of our longer term active alumni. Nice. So Aww. you've got, you know, Will's Lovely. Way and, you know, on and on it goes um, that, that are things are named for our alumni. So we're constantly looking for ways to keep our alumni involved, recognize their contributions. Um, and again, it's worked well for us. That's yeah, I love it. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> so, Jeff, any final yeah. advice for camps who are trying to engage their alumni? Any any final thoughts? Final pieces? Uh, of I think it's I think it's an exercise um, well worth pursuing. Uh, I really do. I think I can't imagine the life of our camp without our active alumni base. I really can't. Um, they contribute in so many different ways um, throughout the year on site as well. Um, and they are just so eager to, to be engaged, to stay involved. Um, it has really, uh, I just think increased, um, the success of our camp experience. Um, it, the depth of what we do at camp is certainly enriched by their, by their engagement. So I, I really think if you're, if you're hesitating, think about how to do it. There's lots of ways to do it. We happen to have one way that, that again has worked for us, but I think there's other folks that do it a slightly different way, and that's great as well. So I would I would certainly ask around, but I wouldn't um, I wouldn't just sort of eliminate that from um, your active to do list for your camp. I think it's a really viable uh, option. Well, I think you might be one of my new heroes. <laughs> You're so full of information. This is amazing. Yeah, you gave so Thanks. many great ideas and tips. Uh, I, I I don't have a camp, but I want to start an alumni association right now. So. 
Um, all right. <laughs> so we are at the end, and it's time for our lightning rounds. Uh, so if possible, try to answer the following four questions in ten words or less. All right, number one. What book would you recommend for other camp and or recreation professionals? I would say one of the ones we keep referencing back to is, is one that's Canadian-based, Catherine Ross, who's actually one of our honorary directors at Winona. She wrote a book called The Camp Counselor's Handbook, and we use that constantly. Um, it's full of great information for those really important frontline staff. Nice. Uh, what is a word that has meaning to you professionally? A word that has meaning for me? Oh, boy. Um, you know what? I, 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 think, I think sincerity. Um, I think being sincere in interactions with your, your camp families, your campers, your staff, your alumni. Um, I really believe that that is important in this camping movement of ours. No question about it. What's one piece of advice you have for an emerging camp or recreation professional? Let's see. The simple concept of there's more. Uh, just when you think there's nothing else happening um, in camping, there's always more to discover and be involved in. When I was a really young camp leader um, for Camp Buradaka, I was sent to my first Ontario, in those days, Camping Association Counselor Conference. And there was over a thousand other counselors. And I was blown away that what I loved and celebrated and, and really um, was engaged with in my own life was happening all over the place. And then in subsequent years, I got more and more involved with things provincially, with things nationally, with things internationally. So there's always more to get involved with. You know, never stop engaging yourself or, or looking for opportunities to be engaged in the broader camping community. Okay. Mm -hmm. And finally, what's your favorite quote? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, it's going to be it, – uh, it's kind of corny, but I, I always come back <laughs> to this one. Good old Walt Disney. If you can dream it, you can do it. Um, I really believe in that with camp, you know, there's, um, we, we should think in big terms, um, to not limit ourselves by, by obstacles and barriers, but to think big and to dream big and to sort of pursue those, those aspirational, um, aspects of what we can do with our camps. Well, Excellent. listen, you just won our hearts because I just finished saying in our, our last um, episode that I love corny quotes and Kurt loves Disney. So there it is. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. No, none of those were under 10 words or less, but you got me with the last one. <laughs> you win. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here with us, Jeff. We, uh, I mean, I learned a yeah, ton. I have to go on. back and, and listen again because you just... She gave so many great tips. That was amazing. A lot Thank of you. great Thank nuggets. Uh, thanks so much. Appreciate it.